Hey everyone, thanks for listening to The Reality of It Is, now under Pants Optional, which is a relatively new media company. You can check out my podcast as well as It's Personal, also under Pants Optional, on any major podcast listening station. Hey Jordan. Hey Maria. Welcome back, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad that you are able to come back for another episode. Happy to be here. So today we were going to talk about our generation and working and what that's like. Oof. Yeah, oof. Our generation gets a lot of criticism for the way that we work and how we're going about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I'd like to shed some light onto that. You, how old are you? I am 24. I'll be 25 this May. I'm 27 and I'll be 28 this year. So we are part of the millennial generation, but we're kind of, we're on the cusp. Yep. So we both went to college. You went to a private school. I went to a public school. Yours was significantly more expensive than mine. You had to take out a loan. Yeah. Yes. And so I ended up going to a private institution and... Looking back on it, I do not regret it because it definitely put me where I am today, but it is definitely a financial burden on my wife and I now with yeah. the amount of debt that I have for how long I'm going to have. Right. For. So, yeah. yeah. How long will you have that debt? What's the timeline on the loan, We're I guess? We're trying to get it down to like five to 10 years, but it's if we paid minimum, it would be closer to like 15 to 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially like similar timeline loan for a house, but also that would be aggressive for a house. But even then, that's half the amount of time for a house and also- how you're going to be like in your 40s by that time. Exactly. That's ugh, that's so unfortunate. That's just like a huge, like you said, it's a huge financial burden. It is. So we both graduated. We both got cars. Got to get around to places. Yeah. So definitely have a car payment as well. And yeah. so that is thrown into the mix just with all the other bills that come in every month. Right. Right. I am fortunate enough to I paid off my car however I had help and I had a pretty significant down payment because because of insurance like my first car my first car my parents gave to me so I was very fortunate in that sense second car got hit unfortunate because the car was paid off like I didn't have to worry about it and I was good to go and now all of a sudden I have to buy a new car and I have a car payment but I had like a down payment for it, right? That's good. But even then, my payment was like $360 per month, like a huge chunk. Yeah, that's a lot. Mine's yeah. like three thirty-five. yeah. Right, okay. You see, and my other friend, her payment is the same amount, like three, three sixty, three fifty around there, right? So like that's a, that's a pretty big chunk yeah. per month on top of student debt, rent, food. <laughs> and utilities like feeding yeah, yourself you're talking like all the little things like you kind of pay attention to but don't really but like yeah. your um netflix subscriptions the hulu subscriptions your phone bill like yeah the phone bill yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and i realized like we could get rid of netflix and things like that right but also let's pay attention to like the quality of life I'm not saying that we need Netflix and all those things, but again, the perception that I feel that I'm getting is 
I'm not working hard enough for my money and I need to work more hours and work more efficiently and better to make more money to be able to afford Netflix. And the issue is we are working very hard and much more efficiently than any other previous generation. I mean, by technology, not Uh because we're smarter, but through technology. Uh Yeah. Jordan, efficiently efficient I yeah, yeah yeah jordan gave me like a like a look like ooh, you better not say that but i mean like with the technology that we have right and the hours that we're expected to work previous generations didn't have to bring homework because not that they didn't have to but they didn't have email right exactly like they we're expected to answer those emails after hours and things like that so anyways let's start with in college you did have an internship Yes. So in college, I had three internships, actually. Um, The whole stigma, if you will, that I was aware of and got put into was like, cool, you go to college, you go through your internships, you have multiple jobs lined up right after college, and you graduate and you start working. Mm -hmm. Well, I found out it wasn't necessarily that easy right Right. off the bat. So getting internships were a big challenge. Um, Maintaining those relationships post-internships were a big challenge in itself while still going to school. Right. Um, And then I ended up uh, graduating, started a full-time job that I accepted about four months before I graduated. Nice. And then I was like, cool, this is it. I'm starting my life. Full-time job, decent salary, good benefits, and we'll see where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lucky enough for you, you did find you did find a job before you graduated. I remember my second semester senior year. No, my first semester senior year of college. I was like, oh shit. I like I'm out of time. <laughs> like I have to find a job because I now don't have the excuse of Oh, I'm going to school. I can't work full time. Now, when I say that, I was working part time. Um, I've actually worked since I was like 12. Yeah. I've always worked, obviously, before like the age of like 15 or 16. It was like for five hours once a week, right? Like not yeah. a big deal. But yeah, I get that. So, so then you started working. And then, I mean, you got, I remember a time when you got laid off, right? Yeah, so I started working, everything was going well, and like many people have experienced in society, like our department got let go, and Mm. we had to figure it out at that point. I was at the company about a year and a half when it happened. Me and my girlfriend at the time were talking about marriage and getting engaged and all this stuff, and Mm -hmm. so you're trying to get other aspects of life together outside of work and then just life throws you a curveball when you figure it out it's like okay cool everything else is kind of in place now i have no job what do i do at this point yeah and so the bills keep coming in they don't stop as usual and i refuse to be like one of those people and not to say it's any negative thing on those people some people do have to like reground themselves by returning to home base but i moved out of the house and i didn't want to go back so i just started doing what i could to make money while i was unemployed while i was looking for jobs and i just started um to work for you name it on demand company app that you can work through um as a contractor and i started doing that and was able to make enough money to sustain bills and sustain um 
life in the meantime while I was looking for a job, but it was hard, I tell you. I was unemployed about eight to nine months, and I would apply weekly to new things. I've had multiple interviews, Yeah. Um, and it was just a challenge overall. Yeah, eight to nine months. That's a long, I feel like that's a really long time. That's almost a year. And and how many, do you know how many jobs you applied to? I lost count, honestly. Like, yeah. Yeah, it just, you just, it just kept going at that point. It was just another number. Yeah, yeah, right. Actually, one of my friends, I remember him telling me that when he was let go from his company, he got laid off last year. He applied to, he said 100 over a hundred jobs. And I didn't believe him at first. And then I've I've asked him like two times thereafter, like, how many jobs did you apply for? And he keeps giving me the same number. So at this point, like it would like I believe him at this point because his number isn't fluctuating. Like he he truly he applied to a lot, a lot of jobs. And he had a like you had a few interviews, but it um even then he said he there was maybe like three or four that did eventually reach out out of a hundred. It's a funnel game, right? Oh. So how many do you have to apply for to just get that initial call back? And then you got to go to the in-person interview after that initial call. Yeah. And it's not even a guarantee at that point. So if right. it takes you 50 to 75 to get 50 to 75 like applications to get like two to three interviews, then you're applying to a lot of different places. It's totally a numbers game. Two or three years ago, I also was laid off. My The entire company that I worked for closed. Um, there was three locations. One, the location that I was at closed, and then a year later, um, the other two locations closed down. So that was my first experience with being laid off, but I knew... I knew it was coming. I wasn't surprised. So for some odd reason, I wasn't worried. I was like, yep, this is happening. I'll figure it out. I don't know. I just rolled with the punches, right? Fortunately for me, I have parents that I knew, like, if anything were to happen to me, they're not, like, I'm not going to starve. <laughs> I'm going to be fine, right? And then recently, my my newest experience with unemployment I suppose was by choice, but not really. So I was working for, um, I was working for a small company. It was commission based, right? I was. Those are always rough. Those are those are usually yeah. Those are always rough, right? So he had actually hired me, and and I took the job under the pretense that I was going to make close to a hundred thousand dollars easily. Of course, I'm like, eh, that's a kind of that's a load of junk. Like, I don't know about that. But then I met the other um, person who would be at the same level as me, and he was making that those numbers. He was hitting his commission was hitting those numbers. He wasn't necessarily being paid out on that, but overall his projections were hitting that number. So I was like, okay, great. I saw his work ethic and the amount of time that he was putting in. I was like, hmm, this guy's putting in sixty hours a week. I don't want to do that. So I'm willing to take a pay cut so that I don't have to hit the $100,000. Exactly. Yeah. So I was thinking, and I even spoke to my boss about this. We kind of agreed like, okay, less hours. You're probably going to hit around $75,000 a year. Fantastic. I don't need, I don't even really need that much, but that sounds great. I'll take it. Three, four months in, I still haven't gotten a commission report. 
I finally get it. The projection ends up being a $30,000 a year salary. And I was like, you got to be shitting me, right? Like, yeah. this is absurd. That's crazy. You went from 100 to 30. Yeah. 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 I don't think, um, I think there's like a lot of aspects to this that he, he does care. The boss, you know, didn't mean, didn't want any of that to happen, right? He hadn't planned any of that. And I think his perception, his perspective is different than mine. However, when I'm looking at numbers and I see $30,000 on the table and I have a college degree and I've been told like, oh, you're going to do better than like poverty. (laughs) Great. (laughs) That's the hope. Like I paid for this in hopes that I wouldn't be at poverty level, right? Or just above that. And it's um, not even like this is your first job. So you already came from right. experience. So it's not like the argument of, oh, you need experience first to yes. get yourself under, to get like, yeah, that Absolutely. experience about. But you already had Fair that. point. I already had the experience for this job. And I've had it for like, not very long, but two to three years. Like I knew how to do the job. And actually I wasn't even trained on the job. Like I just started working. I just took over. Anyways, so I, I left that company. I couldn't stay there under the pretense that like I felt like I was being lied to right like yeah I'm sure stories on both ends are completely different but I wasn't going to stick around so then I thought oh I'm gonna take it easy for like a month the holidays are here no one's gonna be hiring I'll start in hard come January right come January now I'll be honest I've counted I've only applied to 30 jobs and I've gotten three callbacks two of which were for hourly $15 an hour, which wouldn't cut my bills. I do have a roommate. Yeah. But like I would be scraping by. And I the only reason why I would be making it at $15 an hour is because I don't have student debt and I don't have a car payment. Yeah. Which the majority of people our age have those things. Exactly. The other job that I got I, responded to me like three weeks later. No, excuse me, a month later. I also hired a recruiter to help me out. So I am, I'm all in. I feel that I'm all in. I've got a recruiter. I'm applying to these jobs. I've been applying to two or three jobs per day, right? Which is the requirement yeah. actually for unemployment. It is. Not hearing back. I'm on LinkedIn and I notice I, I ended up paying for premium on LinkedIn because they tell you more statistics, right? Well, I noticed that each job through LinkedIn has been applied to with three to 400 applicants. Three to 400 applicants. How am I supposed to compete with three to 400 people? Exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> Newly graduated college students out of Austin. Like I'm competing against college students, right? Yeah. But I'm also competing about um, through like people who have higher degrees who are willing to take a job cut because they want to move to Austin. We don't stand... I don't feel that I stand a, a good chance. Do you feel that you had that experience? Like you you I, applied for nine months. Yeah, I agree. It's just you 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 apply and apply and it's like you try to keep yourself. My, my challenge was the motivation, right? It was definitely yeah. one of the darkest times of my life for uh-huh. sure. Like I would like mope. I would... Now, I wouldn't say I went full-blown, like, alcoholic, but I definitely would drink more than I normally would because I was feeling under the dumps. So you just go through this phase that, like, 
okay, you see all these applicants and all this like basically failure because they need only mm-hmm. one of these 400 people. Mm-hmm. How do you differentiate yourself from the rest? And that yeah. goes into whether that's paying for a recruiter or paying for someone to doctor up the resume so that right. you stand out yeah. um, so that a computer scans it and doesn't just toss it away, but it gets read by a person at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, that's a really good point. You have to deal with all those things. And then, you you know, you say that, like, I mean, I did, I got sad. I am sad. Like, I'm still working through the situation. Like, I'm still trying to find a job, right? And it is, it's like a, a hit to my value. It is. It really is. As a human being, it is a hit to your value and contribution on society. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a low life because I'm not contributing. I'm not helping anyone. I feel so lame. And it's hard. I mean, looking back on it now, I've, I've it's been two two years since I've been unemployed. Looking back on it, I would not have changed it that experience because it did definitely make me into who I am today, for sure. And it definitely lit a fire under a young twenty one year old like can conquer anything is invincible Mm -hmm. attitude and it definitely made me humble Uh, uh, upon feeling definitely like i'm not contributing but i was more humbled more than anything to Mm -hmm. come to this realization like look like this is life and this is what happens and people figure it out and it's not always rainbows and sunshine right i'm really glad that you said that because i'm sitting here bitching about it but you're so right it is like a normal life experience. You're in it now. You'll look back on it um, in a few years and be like, wow, um, I was able to look at some other things going on in my life outside of work and was able to kind of button those up during the time I was unemployed because otherwise I would be focused on work. And so yeah. you get this time to like really think about yourself, learn about yourself. And I personally not not fond of self-thought. I don't like it. <laughs> don't like taking the time to do it. But yeah. when life makes you do it, it definitely, definitely had a factor into who I am today. Right. Yeah. Oh man, I like you said. I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not appreciating this life situation. Oh, I'm like in it. God, no. I was not. I was exactly. You're you're better than you're going through it with a lot better than what I did. <laughs> I tell you that. It's hard, man. It's so it's, hard. I I mean, I remember as a child, like the number one question growing up was, "What are you going to be when you grow up?" But it's crazy though. Like as I've grown up, those questions don't stop, right? And so, yeah. and what happened with me was it went, okay, where, what do you want to be when you grow up? Then I graduated college, had the job, and it's like, okay, when are you going to get engaged? Then yeah, I got engaged. Then the mm-hmm. wedding happened. Then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, when are y'all going to have kids now? Yeah, it's like society lives by this umbrella check boxes that we constantly ask ourselves to make ourselves feel like. Whether we're like doing okay or defining what quote success is by yeah. checking these boxes. And in reality, it's like people are on their own path. And if it took you five years to graduate college instead of four, it doesn't mean you're a crappy person or you're, yeah. or, you know, like a bum. Like everyone's going through their own path and yeah. everyone will hit it at their own time. Mm-hmm. You said that so beautifully. Yeah, that's absolutely right. 
I guess that's why I feel so lame about myself. I still feel so down about myself because society is dictating that I am unsuccessful because I don't have a job and I'm not living this big dream that when I was younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said lawyer. No, I don't want to be a lawyer. Like nothing in my life has like gone to that, like led to that path whatsoever. But like I said lawyer, that sounds successful, right? Everyone wants to be a lawyer. Everyone wants to say doctor because they make a lot of money and they're really smart. So they are the cream of the crop, right? But, but like you said, it's all societal rules, but realistically those rules are boxes and they don't, they're not real. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, you, you only have one life. And so you yeah. got to do what makes you happy. Yes, money has to come. But if you're not doing what makes you happy and you're just either doing it for the money, it's just you're going to you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Like. I can't imagine having to go through being groomed to be a doctor. I know some people go through that, whether dad, mom was a doctor, grandfather was a doctor, we're a family of doctors. This is what you do. It's like. You got to figure out your own path and then just take the bull by the horns and do what you want because you're going to have to have an appreciation and have fun and enjoy life because life's too short at the end of the day. Yeah, but but like how do we do that in this type of – I think that sounds fantastic and I want to live life that way, but I don't know how to do that. How does that apply? You Man, know? that's a loaded question. If I only knew the answer to it. Right, right. <laughs> we've been told, you know, we've been told be successful, but also follow your heart and and do what makes you happy. But you follow, it sounds like you, you followed your heart and also societal rules. You went to college, you graduated, you got a job, you moved in with your girlfriend, you guys got engaged, got married, you bought a house. You've got a dog, right? Yep. You've got a you you eventually did get a job, right? I know that's not in the order, right? That fit in a little bit before. Mm-hmm. But what are you dealing with now? Now it's just, you know, you start to personally, at least for me, I start to like you check off these boxes and then I naturally have this like cool what's next mentality. Yeah. And that has that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because depending on who you are, where you came from, what your perspective is on life and money, um, you could go down a rabbit hole of just trying to chase just things in general that you feel will make you happy. But at the end of the day, you're just trying to fill a void of something that is deep-rooted issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the job that you have now, I mean, we were talking before, like you're worried about losing your current role, right? Well, not so much worried about losing my current role, just hesitant of change to come. You know, one thing that's managers in the company have always said is like, one thing's for certain is that change will happen. Yeah. And uh, because change is needed to grow. And that's that's a huge blessing for managers to um, understand that in a company. But it's also kind of concerning on the employees and because it's like you want you strive and you've been through the unemployment you've been through and you and you start to hear like 
these conversations of change and it's it, it brings up some uncertainty of like okay um do i want to go through with these changes or do i want and see where it ends up or do i start to you know get that safety net ready to go just in case something is to happen and it and it and i don't think i'd be in this mindset if i didn't if i wasn't unemployed before because right. i wouldn't have experiences like i'd have been like oh cool everything's fine this is just what happened like cool a couple mm-hmm. changes here a couple changes there but because of i think what you and i've been through it's like we 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 will look at business decisions a little bit different and start yeah. to question like okay why are certain things happening and do yeah. i need to ultimately protect myself and my family now yeah because we do have a house mortgage dog car yeah. payments all that stuff right yeah you've yeah student student debt all these things that you have to take care of yeah it's a lot it's yeah. a lot <laughs> student oh my god jordan shaking like, his head it's a lot yeah <laughs> it's it's pretty close to second rent i don't regret right. anything in life but if i knew now what i knew then 100 percent, i fought my family on going to college a lot like i was like i don't need it you can just work a lot of people are successful without college uh i've learned one thing is for certain that definitely college was the best route for me and i'd recommend it because of the opportunities outside of just that school aspect that it gets mm-hmm. you with those internships with those connections with those network right that i would always suggest going to college but definitely um reevaluate and do some numbers as to what it would look like pre and post college with private versus public because you can get a great education at a public school my wife went to a public university Mm -hmm. and full ride scholarship and she did just fine and i carry enough debt for the both of us now right right that's like oh it sucks to hear that that the latter part of like the student debt alone is it's like it's like another rent. It's, it's like lot. your second rent. That's nuts. So when I was I live in a house now, but before this, I guess when I had a job and I was living on my own in an apartment. My apartment was $900 per month. 959. $959 per month and my salary was uh 40,000 a year. I would have scraped by if I had a car payment and that rent, right? On top of the utilities and food, right? If I had student debt, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. I would have not, I would have had to live home. Um, I wouldn't be able to afford that. Now, I lived in that apartment for two years. By the time I moved out, my second year there, my rent went from $959 to $1,400. Yeah. That's my, that's a a jump. <laughs> that's a huge jump. We live in Austin, Texas, right? So like re- real estate is booming here. However, I, two years, like I can't even, it jumped a significant amount. Now my wages did not, did it not. It did not measure up. No, it jump. didn't. It no. did not. Absolutely not. I recently read this article called The Great Affordability Crisis Breaking America from the Atlantic. Um, and there's this quote that that really sat with me because it, it puts 
you know, it's got some stats in it. And it says the price tags for tuition and fees at colleges and universities have risen twice as fast as wages, if not more in recent years. Rental costs are outpacing wage gains by a percentage point or more a year. Healthcare costs have grown twice as fast as workers' wages, and child care costs have exploded. The cost pressures are particularly acute on young Americans who have seen worse employment prospects and smaller raises than their older counterparts. So and that's insane. All that stuff you said right there, you and I are talking, um, yet you and I don't have any kids, but that's another yeah. third rent right there. Daycare yeah. in Austin is anywhere from like 700 to like, if you want the camera watching your kid at all yeah. times, it could be 13, 1400 a month. Right. It's insane. And that, yeah. And that might be on the low end. I have a friend who paid $50,000 one year for childcare. Yeah, that's. And I'm unsure if that included two children or just one. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And of course, some of you listeners might be thinking life is all about choices. You can pay the you can pay the buy the hoopty two three thousand dollar car cash, run it, save right. money, not have a car payment. That's yeah. totally understandable. Yeah. But like once like life and reality like hits you a certain way, some of those choices in the moment become a lot harder to make. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's a great point. I purchased my car under, not under the pretense, but somewhat under the pretense that I was going to get married soon and I needed to have a mom car, right? So I bought the SUV because I was like, well, I'm thinking for my future. I'm not going to buy two cars, buy like a car that I want now that's smaller that I can mm-hmm. better afford. I'm going to get a car that will last me into my next phase in life. And like we've been talking about through this whole podcast, it's like we're we're trained mm-hmm. from growing up. It's like, cool, what are you going to do? Where are you going to work? Yep. What's next? And so yep. you were just planning for your future like any other right. person would and being as responsible as you could with the money you had to get a car that would help your lifestyle down the road. Yeah, right. I think... Um, I, it feel it comes across as almost um, the criticism comes across as almost like criminal in the sense of, oh, to your point, oh, you think like, why did you buy this really expensive SUV when you could have got a smaller, more, more affordable used car? And like you said, I'm trying to plan for my future. Like you, I thought I was supposed to get the big car to help with my kids in the future and my and my bigger family. Like, what do you, like, like what? In the you moment, taught that's me. that's what you felt. Exactly. Yeah, I I took in the lesson that, oh, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have children and I need a safe vehicle. Great. This checks all those boxes, but I can't afford it. Well, tough luck, I guess, like, because I thought I was supposed to do this. Like, this is what has been brought on me. And I guess I it's also partially my fault because I accepted it, but I thought that's how life went, right? Yeah. And now I'm to the point where I'm realizing like, oh, this is all a load of shit and I can't afford what I have. And it's funny because no matter what way you spin it, life will tell you something different. So I'm the opposite. Mm -hmm. I graduated college, had my eye on this vehicle for two to three years. And I was like, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to get it. I'm a single man. It's what I wanted. It's a sports car. Mm -hmm. I've wanted it forever. So I'm going to get it. Yeah. here I am, two and a half, three years right after college with this car. Yeah. And now me and my wife are talking about this car is not 
appropriate for children or the family right. or so right. it's like whatever See? way you spin it whether you prepped for the family oh my and gosh. are where you are now or I didn't prep and then I am where I am now yeah life will throw those funny curveballs yeah. at you yeah so true yeah I didn't even pick up on that when you're telling me about your car that is so true yeah well do you want to trade uh, nah <laughs> nah I'm keeping it you're gonna keep your car be like butt heads about that later but nah I'm, I'm keeping it it's yeah that's so funny oh man that's really funny jordan well i guess i don't know maybe this was just a bullshit rant Um, it may be and as you probably got and i'm gonna throw that name out there you probably got all them dave ramsey listeners that are probably like nope here's what you guys could have done that you wouldn't have had your debt that you have now but hey you know we make decisions and we learn We make decisions and we learn, but I also think that there's like a huge – I mean, think about the stats that I just read. The amount of money that we are being paid is not matching the healthcare cost, the cost of rent, and student debt. Our wages are not being met to meet those debts. That's a fact. And I could – and I should have looked up more resources to back it up, but – that is true. And we have proof in me. We have proof in you. We have proof in your in your wife, right? Because yep. she we worked for the same company at one point and we both yeah. we both left. Yep. Um my other friend I have multiple friends who have lost their jobs recently. And it's it's not and on that note of like you both were on that same company then you just left, it's like not every company is like that. Some mm. are those gems to where you find sure. that will pay you well. Yeah. That will give you the right benefits you need. Yeah. Um, healthcare, your paternity leave, maternity yeah. leave, mm-hmm. um, anything you need, your PTO when you need it. Yeah. There are those companies, but those are the companies that will attract the top talent and yep. retain it. Yep. And then those other mm-hmm. companies that either just pay really, really well, but no maternity leave. They're, you're yeah. just... You're just attracting a certain audience to get what your needs are done for the business. Yeah. When a business thinks of the business first instead of its people, yeah. ultimately in the long run, it may or may not succeed. Yeah. I think that's very well said. And yeah, I think that's very well said. And I think the other the caveat to that is the companies that do offer all these great benefits, like you said, attract Hundreds of people. Yep. Like I said, I applied to jobs that had three to 400 applicants. And they were. I searched for the top companies that did offer all these wonderful benefits. Because you, why wouldn't you, right? Why would you go somewhere cool? Yeah, you get all the money. But like we had talked about earlier, you're not going to be happy, for one, because the culture, company culture might not be what you're looking Company for. culture, honestly, I got to the point where I needed a job that just had insurance, yeah. that paid for insurance. Like that's another debt that I don't, that I can't afford. I don't have insurance right now. Like, and I'm a female. And I say that because like, what happens if I did get pregnant? Obviously, I'm trying to prevent that. But like, I'm a female, so that's possible. You're a male. That's not possible for you to get pregnant. I mean, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but I'm just saying like, your medical bills, you don't have this like looming situation, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a looming situation in in different scenarios. But I'm just stressing out about the debt yep about that i'm sorry that came across rude i'm just (laughs) stressed (sighs) 
So like, what do we do, right? What do we do? That's the question. Um, The more I've put thought into it, it's like the more I... I come to realize again, like I said, life's too short. You got to go with what makes you happy because if you're doing what makes you happy, um, you're doing it because of the happiness and you're not doing it for the paycheck. You're not doing it for any other reason other than the happiness. And when you do it for happiness, it's like, it really is true. If you're doing what you love, you might not work a day in your life. But to get to that point, it is a journey that we're all on and it doesn't happen tomorrow. And so I think that sounds fantastic. I have a roommate because I can't afford my mortgage. You have a wife that you get to split the bills with. I'm not necessarily doing what is making me happy. And I would say the same for you. Mm -hmm. You have a job that you're not that you you like. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely at a place that I'm super happy. I love the company, love the culture. Yeah. Um, but okay. it's like those company changes that you see coming up that raise that those red flags that gotcha. I've seen in the past. And like I mentioned before, it could be totally overthinking it. But like, yeah, because of what happened in the past, you immediately it's human nature. You brace yourself to have that safety net to say, OK, sure, because I'm not going to go through nine months again of yeah. that struggle because I've yeah. been through it. And so I'm going to prevent that from happening this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of what we have to do. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're in any wrong place or anything right now, but you said you're not at that happy stage. I just, I challenge you, Maria, to see, just to start writing down little things that you that check your personal boxes of your happiness and making your way down to those lists. Cause when you work on you and I'm sure you're doing it, but when you work on you, it definitely gives some sense of, um, some sense of secureness and self-appreciation because you know, you're striving towards that happiness, even if it's not there now, it might not be there now, but you're working towards it. And that, that Mm -hmm. was able to help me, being one who went through it like you're going through it helped me get some sense of like it'll be okay at the end of the day yeah i think the so like my takeaway from that is absolutely do all those things but i realize now that the job isn't what is going to make me happy exactly and don't don't chase don't it's it, it is very rare that people will find a job that will make them happy but what what a job is there to contribute to society to earn an income to pay for the necessities of life yes if it can make you happy that's just a icing on the cake but not always the case and Mm -hmm. so happiness will have to be found outside of the job whether that's in doing what you love yeah maybe your love is recording music maybe your yeah. love is making Podcasting. podcasts yeah maybe your love is playing disc golf maybe right. your love is going to the shooting range mm-hmm. whatever that is is just keep that at top of mind and let yeah. work be something a part of your life but don't let work be your life because yeah. when you're when it's definitely something that doesn't make you happy but you feel stressed and you're making it be your life yeah then you're just going down a rabbit hole yeah absolutely i think the 
the gap in between what you're seeing and what I'm seeing is I'm trying to strive for everything that you're explaining. And I feel that I've been taught by society and media, by my parents, that in order to be happy, what are you going to be when you grow up? And what I'm going to be when I grow up is this job, this big success thing. And guess what? I'm in the middle of trying to find a job and it is really hard. And guess what? It's not going to fulfill me in the ways that I expected it to. It, it, it's, it really isn't because, and it, and it shouldn't because then you're, you're putting this huge pressure on yourself to find yeah. that right one that will check all them boxes. And it's it's it sucks that like, you felt that way and you're growing up and you're accustomed to just like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you had to figure that out at a young age when now we have the ability to dabble in a couple of things. We've figured out what we're good at and yeah. what we like. And then now mm-hmm. it's trying to find the what fits the rest of the boxes, whether that's the insurance, the benefits, the health care. Yeah, absolutely. I wish you luck. I think... Like you said, you're on the right track. You're fine. You have some red flags, but you're going to figure it out. I'm also going to figure it out. I think it just, I don't know. I guess heads up to anyone who also is seeing red flags and or is unemployed because it's going to take much longer than anticipated. And but that's okay. You'll get through it. Yeah, you'll get, yeah, you'll get, you'll get through it. But I, but I encourage you also to find other resources to help you whether that's like City of Austin helping people. Like there's companies that do help you find for jobs like temp agencies and things like that. Like, Oh, yeah. Build your support system for sure because mm-hmm. you can't do it on your own. Yeah. It's, it's, some can, but it's very rare. It's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Well, Jordan, thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me, Maria. See you later.